en een hartelijke goeie morgen. Welkom bij ons program Skriftierik, waar ons wekelijk saam na oplossing soek uit die skrifte vir vraag waarmee gewone mense sikkel. Die Bijbel sê in Johannes 17, 17, die woord is waarheid, heilig hulle na die woord. En Psalm 119, 105 sê, die woord is een lamp vir my voete en een licht vir my pad. Kom dan saam met ons vir die volgende uur, wanneer ons geen steen onaangeraak laat, om die waarheid te vind en licht te skyn op die vraag uit die skrifte, waarmee ek en jy moendik kan worstel nie. Krijg dus gauw jou bybel en kom onderzoek saam met ons die skrifte. Dis moes nou skrifteerlik. Radio Buzzing of Life, 657 AM Our family is just getting bigger and bigger. Welcome to 657 AM. Yeah, that's where we greet you from, God's Footstool here in Kilner Park in Pretoria. And we don't say that lightly. We have prayed for you. We trust that uh, you're enjoying the programming here on Radio Pulpit. And uh, what a privilege to welcome Brother Edward Kanya this morning. Pastor, Reverend, Bishop, uh, Honorable. <laughs> well, now you've ruined it. <laughs> my it was supposed to be a good morning. <laughs> good morning, good morning, my brother. How are you keeping? Yeah, okay, thank you, man. It's such an honor to be here. Thanks, uh, Venant, for the privilege again. Yeah. And stay. thanks, Rocky, for being away. I hope you're having a wonderful time in Cape. Yeah, in, in Cape. Cape Town, getting a WhatsApp every now and so often from him. He's doing well down there, working yeah. hard. But uh, filling the gap, standing on the wall with us this morning, blowing the Rams on, uh, brother Edward Kanya, and uh, you've met him before. He's been with us in studio before, and uh, filling the gap in for Rocky Stevenson this morning once again. Bless your heart for that. Those who have not met you, who've uh, stumbled upon this frequency for the first time this morning, just in a nutshell, your background bowers, sir. Well, I'm a pastor of Calvary Baptist Church in Sunny Ridge in Germiston, and um, I've been there now for, this is the 15th year. It's a joy of my heart to to minister there, but more important than that, I'm also a, I'm a husband, and I'm a father, and I'm a grandpa. Oh my goodness! <laughs> All right, yeah. Yeah. Right, so you're constantly walking around with sweets in your pocket, isn't it? Uh, I, I wish, but it. Uh, <laughs> I wish I had more, but uh, you know, I, I do spoil yeah. my it, grandchildren. Yeah, it's a wonderful thing, and when they get a bit uh, rough and tumbly, you just hand them back to the <laughs> mum and dad and say, "Come, it's your problem now, isn't it?" Wonderful yes. stuff. Thank you so much. So looking forward to this morning. Tot en met twaalf uur voorgaan skrif tierik en as jy wil deelneem aan die program. So eenvoudig soos dit, jy stuur vir ons a WhatsApp, 0265722729 en kan ek vir jou vraag, net so kantlijn opmerking, dat jy dan vir ons die skrifgedeelte inzit, wat vir jou onduidelijkheid bring, wat jy dalke meer her uh, exegese oor wil hee, uitbreiding, uh, onderzoek in die skrifte. That's what we do here. If you have a lifestyle problem that you're facing, or you've got a question, somewhere, somehow, somebody said something about uh, the scriptures that absolutely just doesn't make sense. Uh, Brother Kanya and myself had a discussion in office just before we came into the studio, and we were talking about uh, Luke 21, and uh, in in general about the happenings at the end time and what the Lord Jesus says and the sequence of things to happen. And he made a very interesting remark. He said, well, some of that has been fulfilled. Some of that's still to come. Well, let's see if there's time to address that a little bit later on this morning. Dan, as jy vraag het, 082-657-2729. 
Brother Kanya, can we continue with the discussion we had just to kick off the program with this morning? Mm. How do I know if something drops into my spirit man, either a thought, a vision, a dream, whatever the case might be? How do I test it? Uh, with God's word, is it from the Lord? Uh, you, you made a profound statement. You says uh, we we don't test it. You, the the Bible says test the spirits. But how do I know if this thing? Let's make it simple. Should I sell the house and move abroad, uh, or or should I stay? Is it God's calling for me to work in my neighborhood? Yeah. Or is it God's calling to sell? Is it as simple as just? Giving it to the estate agent, and if it sells it, God's will, and if it doesn't sell, it's not God's will. How do I discern the word? How do I know something is from the Lord if it's just dropping into my spirit, man? In Afrikaans, there's a perfect response to that. It's a, it's called Yanya. Yanya. <laughs> <laughs> the only country in the world which uh, where it means something. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> all right. Well, uh, jokes aside, you know, uh, this happens to all Christians of all stripes, thoughts. Um, occur to us okay we I, I hear what you're saying we we use a, a a very colorful phrase called the spirit man but what we mean is our mind we certain things ignite uh, images in our mind that we we always have to go back to the scriptures as our final arbiter so in, in the case if something has come into your mind about a certain vision uh, then you have to ask yourself what scripture prompted that because that's our final arbiter Oh, right. Not our imagination, not our, not even our desire. All right, because we have desires, and, and sometimes desires without tethers can can. While being a good thing, you can say, "I have a desire to preach the gospel." That's a good thing, right? But there's a but scripture. There's a scripture in. Uh, my apologies for interrupting you, but there's a no scripture apology. in Psalms mm. twenty and verse four that says, "May God grant you the desires of your heart." I always thought it was a worldly notion. That was that, that's a very dangerous thing to pray. Yes, if it's out of context. Yes, yes. provided that those desires are tethered to the scriptures. Uh, for example, um, when we come into the New Testament, we are introduced to a phrase. Is called in Jesus' name, right. where the Lord tells us to pray, and you might you might use His name, but that doesn't mean you can say what you wanted to God and then just in Jesus' name the thing. It's like throwing dice, and then the thing will come come to pass. No, the phrase means that God is the arbiter of those desires. In the New Testament, that in the phrase in Jesus' name means that as if He were to ask for it. So if I say to you, hey, Vainant, you can go down to the hardware store and buy that, and then you. Tell the guy you know me, use my name, he'll give you extra 10% discount. Yeah. You see? So you've just used my name to gain an advantage there. So w- when, we, when we go to God in prayer and we say whatever comes into our mind, because it's all the desires of our heart, and we think just because we said in Jesus' name that God is, oh, man, now they said in Jesus' name, so I have to grant the thing. Yeah. No, that's not what it means. It means that Christ is it's as if he would have asked for things. You, you're asking the Father what pertains to the agenda and the will of the Lord Jesus Christ. That has become your desire. All right, because there's also a scripture, and, and I stand to be corrected, but it says you don't have because you don't ask. That's correct. But, but there's a fine line between humanism and, and worldly desires, fleshly desires, mm. and, and what God desires for us. Yeah, and, but the phrase you don't have because you don't ask is not you don't have a Mercedes-Benz because you don't ask for it. Yeah. It's you don't ask for all that is pertinent to your life based on the will of the Lord for you. All right. So what is the will of the Lord for you? That's what you need to ask according to that. 
it's, got, it, it, it's not about material things. It's about what the Lord Jesus wants for you. That must become your desire. All right. So that you would ask the Father in His name and get it. Now so, you would so say, these are these are not magical formulas. No, in pra- prayer is not. A, you with, know, you, with, you with the Lord, things. it never is. And no. we'd love to to force the issue sometimes and say, well, if it's worked this time around, then then mm. surely next time, you know. Mm. Are we allowed to ask the Lord for a sign? I, I, I remember, you know, there's the story of Gideon asking yes. the Lord for a sign. Yes. In this modern day and age, are we allowed to ask God for a sign? Well, yes, we're allowed to ask God for a sign, but it depends what you mean by signs. You know, I mean, in the case of Gideon, he put out a fleece and yeah. uh, uh, I forget the order now. It was wet all around and dry and then dry. And then he turned it yes. the other way around. Just, yeah. kind of completely Just to make double sure. Yes, to make double sure, but that's based on doubt. Uh, Gideon was uh, he doubted whether you know the Lord really wanted so he wants certainty yeah. from the Lord okay we we are governed again by the scriptures there are certain things that we read and we know that the Lord wants us to be obedient about but we um, are unsure should we do this in the case that you 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 said earlier should I sell my house and go to a faraway country that's a big decision well that is why in this dispensation the Lord has given us something called the local church a good Bible-believing local church led by pastors and elders, we need to be under their supervision as well. As the, right. the Lord is our supreme head, of course, but we need to be under their supervision. Usually you find in these situations, that, uh, which scenarios you just uh, uh, portrayed now, people have these tremendous confusions because they're not submitting to godly biblical counselors as well. The Lord has given us this. The, the, the Proverbs also say, uh, speak about the multiplicity of counselors yeah. that we, we must have, not just uh, friends and high school buddies. And but to go you to your church about. and your elders and your, and, your, and your pastor and say, listen, this is what the Lord is like. Can you guys pray with me? Can yes, we th- ask the Lord? That's what happened to Paul in Acts 13, All him right. and Barnabas. You see, they worked in conjunction with the elders and under their authority and, and submission to that. That's what the Lord gave us in this dispensation. He's yeah. not going to uh, let it rain on your neighbor's house and keep your yard dry, yeah. and then the next day let it rain only on your house and keep the entire neighborhood wet. And you say, well, that's a sign I need to sell my house. He's not going to yeah. do that kind of thing. Yeah. You need to work with the, the process that the Lord has left with. That's the local church. Whether the Lord wants you to go be a missionary in Vietnam or whatever the thing is, work with that process, and he, you will be guided accordingly. Now, th- th- this might not happen in a dream where you'll have this clear dream about something in that faraway land. Yeah. But th- the guidance will be there. The Lord will slowly show you. Does, does the Lord still speak to us in dreams? Um, According to the Scriptures? Again, that's, the question is not phrased properly. What, what you sh- the Lord speaks to us through His Word. Yes. Right? Whatever dreams you may or may not be getting is beside the point. It needs to be tethered to what the Word is teaching. Dreams in and of itself mean, can mean various things to various right. people. Right. But it needs to be tethered with the teaching of, of, of the Scriptures. This is why you need to be in a local Bible-believing, Bible-teaching church. Yeah. You can't just have a vision ignited by some phraseology in scripture and then off you go on a tangent and you want to be a missionary or a pastor, which are good things, but you may not be called to that. Well, a good idea is not necessarily a God idea, is it? Well, someone has said that, yeah. yeah. And, uh, but that's not scriptural. No. <laughs> right. But there's some good ideas that's not necessarily God ideas as well. Yeah. So not every good idea is a God idea. Yes. The point is, it, the Bible is our final authority. Very much so. That's what we submitted, not to my dreams and not to my visions. Yes. Uh, if I have that, that's good. If I don't have that, it doesn't matter. All right. 
So the ultimate, the, 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 the final answer to this question is submit it to the elders of your church, your pastor, the church under which you, uh, the teachings you stand and say, mm. listen guys, I, I, I truly feel this is from the Lord. Can you pray with me? Stand with me yes. and, and uh, don't do anything with, with a hastening spirit. Yes. Uh, wait on the Lord. That's right. And they will guide you. See, God has given us our elders and our pastors to see into our life. They will say, they will see something that's not right in your life. They will yeah. guide you accordingly. They will suggest things to you. You need more training. We will pray with you. Uh, they will suggest counseling. There's so much that can be done if you are in a godly, well-functioning, yeah. uh, biblically New Testament church. That's All where right. you need to be. It brings me to another question. If you want to send in a question, 82 I've shared with you something very personal. Mm. And now, as as a brother in the Lord, you take it to the cell group. You say, hey, well, Feynant has got this problem, you know. Mm. Uh, here's the problem, and you lay it out on the table. We all need to pray about it, but we need to also be, what does the Scripture say with regards to that? Because it can become the gossip of the neighborhood. Mm. Uh, if you hear what I'm, what I'm aiming at here, how do I know what to share with the elders, with the pastor? Sometimes these are pers- very personal things. How mm. do I know? Well, if it's a very, that's discretion you're referring to. Yeah. Uh, if it is a very personal thing, then of course uh, you would be well advised not to walk into your small group or prayer group and share it with everybody. There could be very undiscerning and indiscriminate people there. Uh, it's best you confide in a counselor or some elder in your church or perhaps um, your pastor in private so that you could pray for a while until there is some clarity in regarding this matter. Uh, so you just, I, I wouldn't suggest that if you have a vision and you want clarification to take it to your prayer group immediately. If it is, as you suggest, quite personal, then yeah. keep it that way with you and your pastor or you yeah. and your elder or, 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 or a friend, in, a godly man, a person in church yeah. that you can just pray with before uh, you can take it further. You know? All right. Okay. Thanks, uh, Pastor Edward Kanya with me in studio until uh, 12 o'clock, uh, 19 after 11. That's your question. Then is your welcome on my dear testier. Lester, I see your question there. Bless your heart. Thank you so much. And she's quoted a scripture, Hosea 6 and verse 6 to 7, amplified. I desire and delight in steadfast loyalty, faithfulness, and the covenant relationship rather than sacrifice, and in the knowledge of God more than burnt offerings. But they, like Adam, have transgressed the covenant. They have dealt treacherously against me. As Adam, they have broken the covenant. They were unfaithful to me. Can you please explain what does that mean as Adam and who is the Lord talking about here? Well, the prophet Isaiah is addressing impenitent Israel, and he uses a kind of a euphemistic explanation um, name for them called Ephraim. Um, But the point is addressing a nation that have, um, by and large, placed a dependency on the process. All right. Rather than looking for a formula. Who the process or the process points to a person. This has been the universal problem of the Old Testament nation of Israel. And by and this has been carried over to the church. We think our liturgies and our process and our the way we conduct services and the traditions the, of men. Yes. Yes. And uh, they've yeah, so, uh, you know, it's, it's, uh, I haven't studied this portion in, in as detail as the question yes. is kind of inferring, but he's addressing a truant nation that seems to place too much premium on what they do for the Lord rather than the Lord himself. 
That was the the ongoing in general yeah. the problem yeah. Moses. Had Isn't to deal it the problem this. today still? It, and, and that is still the problem that we have yeah. today. You know, so that's all that's taking place here in general. Of course, the Lord has said something that is quite a universal principle. Uh, he, you know, this phrase "more than burnt offerings" reappears um, in, in, in. I think it is Samuel that brought it brought it up. You know, yeah. Uh, Obedience is better than sacrifice. It's what he told Saul. Right. Yeah. So in the context of these, um, uh, that specific uh, uh, phraseology, it's referring to people that have angered the Lord. Right. Saul angered the Lord, and here's a, a, a nation that has really, really angered the Lord. Uh, similarly, and, and in fact, sinned against the Lord as Adam did, right from the from the get go in the Garden of Eden. Yes, so they've 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 turned something that was meant to be a beautiful picture of what's to come by virtue of man's redemption, and they have foiled it. They've because of of the way they have. This is what is meant by dealt treacherously, a word that is later employed again by the prophet. Malachi or Malachi, if you want to be technical, uh, when he was talking about divorce. All right. That gives you an idea of the tone of the prophet. The prophet is not just reading a gentle word. He's scolding here. Uh, Similarly, it is a similar tone to what Paul took when he wrote to the Corinthian church about the the Nachmal, the the Lord's table and the abuses there and how the Lord deals with Christians there. The tone is quite terse here. So the general principles to learn from this is, what does the Lord desire and delight? Coming back to our question you, you, you put earlier. Yes. Well, what he de- desires and delight must become the desire uh, and delight of our soul. Yeah. And he said, if you love me, obey my word. That's right. Yeah. Keep my word. That's Keep how you can word. know if people are, love Jesus. Because if you ask a thousand Christians whether they love Jesus and one or two that you know are not Christians, they will answer yes too. Yeah. Yeah. But they don't keep his word, you see. Wow. So this is all the prophets deal with this issue of people who claim to know what to do every day. Yeah, we know how to have our quiet time. We know how to pray. We know how to sacrifice. We do this every day. And the prophets come in and say, but you're doing it incorrectly. So, but we've been following the, the, the steps. No, I'm not talking about the steps. I'm talking about your attitude. I'm talking about your heart. Your heart is not right with God. This is not why he gave us these things to do. That's the message that Hosea is telling. He's talking about the, the Lord's desire, the Lord's delight is what they've departed and from. And we can easily fall into that trap of, of, of men's tradition uh, praying. Yes, I'm praying. Mm. Yes. But, but, but your heart's attitude, your heart's condition, your heart's motive is far from the Lord, isn't Correct. it? One of the problems with prayer, people say, well, I pray to the Lord every day. Yeah, but this, lo- this phrase, the Lord, you, you need to understand that there is only one Lord Jesus Christ, as Paul has explained yeah. in, um, uh, in Corinthians 15 and one to others. There's one Lord Jesus Christ. So when an individual says this phrase called the Lord and you say this phrase called the Lord, whom are we talking about? They need to think correctly about Christ before they pray to him. Yeah. And you, invariably you will find that when you test people on this matters, what they think about Jesus Christ is not the Jesus that Paul preached. All right. Wow. Then whom are they praying to? All right. And, and, and he's referring to that. In Scripture, he says, there's another Jesus. Yes. There's another gospel. That's right. Isn't it? That's right. So whom are people praying to? We, we pray to the Lord Jesus, but what does this Lord Jesus mean to you? Define that. Describe that. And you will find that what they say is absolutely unconscionable regarding who Christ actually is. Well, you're praying to a different Jesus. I'm sorry. That's not yeah. the Jesus that Paul preaches. What is your experience? What does people say? 
Well, people say something that, well, they come with this half-baked Jesus, you know, a Jesus that is sculpted according to their own personal desires and will. Well, he's a God of love. He's a, he's a, lot, he's a lot more than that. And, and Jesus is this, and Jesus is that. You know, I mean, some of them describe Jesus the way Gandhi described Jesus, where, where uh, other people describe Jesus. Yeah, Not right. the way Paul describes him. Very much so. You know, so, so we have to go with what Paul teaches. There's only one Lord Jesus Christ, as Paul says. And even in Ephesians 4, I think it is, there's one Lord Jesus Christ. And we have to be specific about whom it is we are praying. One Spirit, to. one God, one yeah. Lord Jesus Christ. If, uh, yeah, Ephesians 4, very much so. Mm. Uh, Pastor Edward Kanya with me in studio until 12 o'clock, standing in, filling the gap, shouting from the rooftops, uh, standing in for uh, Rocky Stevenson. God willing, be back next week. As jy een vraag het, baie welkom, stuur het vir ons in 082-657-2729. Sit net vir ons die skrifgedeelte by, miskien het jy een vraag, iemand het iets ergens uh, gesê wat nie heeltemal vir jou sin maak nie, en uh, jy het elke vraag daar selfs een leefstijl vraag. Uh, iemand wat hier vraag, you're going to podcast the program? Uh, yes, we will podcast the program for you as well. You can find it on the Skriftelik podcasting, scriptural podcast right after the program as well. 082-657-2729. Ik kan so sê, ons moet ook muziek speel, dit is deel van ons uitsaai voorwaardes, and we want to adhere to the authorities and the instructions they give us. So, uh, Cindy uh, Nelemans on the turn turntable, the song called Arise. When we get back, as you vraag wil instuur, 082-657-2729. Sal my in die atelier, Pastor Edward Kanya, en ons onderzoek saam met jou die skrifte om te kyk, wat sê die woord van God, die hoogste gesag, bekend aan die mens. As easy as the touch of a button, the message of life on 657 AM. Maybe somewhere, somehow, somebody said something that confused you absolutely. Something that uh, comes to mind is the Jesus film that starts with these words, but the dying and unbelieving world uh, cannot understand and believe. It's Christians who proclaim Jesus with their lips, but deny him with their lifestyle. So somebody's watching, somebody's listening, and as jy volgende elke vraag het, uh, wat jy onduidelik is oor uit die skriftheid, baie welkom om het in te stuur. Uh, Pastor Edward Kanya, saam met my hier in die atelier, and ons doen Engels, Afrikaans. I'm praying that if you Greek, Spanish, Twana, Sutu, Peri, whatever the case might be, that Holy Spirit, the giver of languages would reveal to your heart what we're talking about this morning. Stuur jou vraag vir ons in 082-657-2729. Just before we move on, on the question of Lester here, about the covenant, Adam's covenant with the Lord, and then about Israel. Um, Edward, you made a profound statement there. You you, you said something about uh, replacement theology. Uh, uh, could that mean that uh, maybe somewhere along the line she thinks that, well, it's no longer Israel, it's been replaced by something else? Or, or what is your understanding of what she's asking here? Um, well, I don't want to read too much in what Lester is, uh, is trying to intimate, but... Um, if that is uh, in her thoughts, then let's address it. 
Um, the, the matter, some people cite Old Testament texts such as this, as re- this is proof that God is done with Israel. Hosea 6 and verse 7. Yeah, that he's perhaps done with Israel and they've, they've crossed the line, he's over with them and so on and so forth. And uh, this is a teaching that has come down. It's hard to trace exactly where it began, but it's called replacement theology. All right. and the more technical term is called supersessionism. Uh, it basically teaches that the church has replaced Israel. Right. God was working his program with Israel. Of course, they've crossed the line. Texts like Hosea and many others show that he's done with them. They've just overdone it now, and they've, and they've upset him, so he's replaced them, and he began something new called the church. But here's the problem. God is not like us. He doesn't start a hobby and get irritated with it and then start another hobby and just throw everything out. Okay, So we can't think about God the way we would uh, when we engage in things. We get annoyed, we get upset, and we're done with this, we start something else. That's not how God works. Right. Uh, that's point number one. Point number two is God has not replaced Israel at all. Now, um, Paul has uh, shown this in, in, in Romans um, he says, certainly not. Has God replaced Israel in Romans 9 to 11? No, he hasn't. Certainly not. In fact, Paul says he prays for his nation and he's burdened for his nation. Of course, they yes, they're experiencing the judgment of God in that sense that uh, uh, Ezekiel has recorded it. It's recorded in Samuel. The glory hath left, has yeah. left them. The they can't yeah. bring Israel as a nation, cannot bring the glory of God back by rebuilding the temple. They'll realize this, unfortunately. We're uh, um, building the temple and then telling Messiah that he must come back is not how it works. Messiah builds his own temple, right? In the, in the middle of in the tribulation period, the Antichrist assists them to build their temple. That doesn't mean Messiah is pleased with it. Yeah. And just because people are seeing things now in YouTube and other places that Israel is getting prepared, they build the red water, heifers and all these. They got that, heifers. Yeah. They got this. They got that. If things must be close. You know, that's not why things are close. If things are close, that's not why. Yeah. And uh, the the point there is again going back to Hosea. You guys just don't think that just because you reinstitute the the feasts and the the ceremonies that Messiah is now obligated to come back. That doesn't excite him. He desires mercy, not sacrifice. Yeah. So maybe, they, let's say they get everything organized now and they start the sacrificial system and it all gets going like, like it was in the days of Solomon. Yeah. That doesn't mean Messiah is now, oh, well, I have to go now. They got everything, everything ready. ready anyway. Yeah, yeah. yeah. People don't get him ready to return. Yeah. You know, he returns when he is ready. He's sovereign. He's God. Yes. And besides, whatever temple may be built, uh, the two witnesses purge it. They burn it. The Lord, when Messiah comes back, he builds his own temple. Ezekiel 38 to 40 tells us what it looks like. It's about the size of 10 football fields or something like that. It's huge. It's not what they think they're going to build on that small hill there. Yeah. It's huge. That implies that the geography and landscape is going to change drastically. Whatever we think we know about that landscape, because you went to Israel and you can visualize the place, yeah. it's all going to change. Yeah. It's not going to be anything you'll recognize. So, so back to replacement theology. It is not a, a teaching that is commensurate with, uh, the, uh, with what Paul has told us in Romans. All right. Yes. And by the way, let me just say this. If, if it was that God has... Um, is more uh, God is so upset with Israel because they've crossed the line and, and he has replaced them, then let me say this. Then get, God has more reason to replace the church with something else. All right. 
we've let him down worse. For 2,000 years we've been on this earth, right? You know how much of disgrace and dishonor we've brought to his name? He's got more reason. That's why Paul says, don't be haughty, but, but fear in Romans 11. If he broke branches off, he can graft them back in. Yeah, yeah, don't don't yeah. be haughty, but fear. That is the word to the church. So those espousing are holding this view, and I'm not saying Lester ha- is. I hope she isn't. But if it, those are holding this view uh, must con- seriously rethink it. Right. Uh, very interestingly enough, uh, with regards to what Union is saying, letting the Lord down, I uh, got a uh, a picture from somebody this morning in, in client services who forwarded me this picture. It says, uh, in Kenya at the moment, there's a self-proclaimed Jesus Christ uh, claiming his life is now in danger after a section of the residents said, that he must be crucified during the Easter, the same way that Jesus was crucified. Yeah, I've got the picture of it. And the residents have said that he will resurrect on the third day. He's reported the matter then to the police. Uh, so he fears for his life. But Jesus said in the last days, many will claim that yes. they, I am he, you know, uh, he am I. Uh, and, and we see it not only in the temple, but we see it in those who claim to be Christ on earth as well. That's right. You know, we are, it will be worse in, after the rapture. Everybody will say, look, here is the Christ, because yeah. then they will be expecting it. Yes. You see, after the rapture, it's possible to date within a week. It is possible to date the second coming. It's not possible to do any dating now. Yeah. But after the rapture, you can if you know how to read the book of Revelation. So everybody will say, there he is, there he is, and there he is. And no, Jesus says, no, my coming will be like lightning that yeah. flashes from one end of the heaven to earth. You don't have to say, look. Have you ever seen lightning? Yes. Well, now imagine that 20 times bigger than that flashing from one end of heaven to another. Yeah. You don't have to tell somebody to look. And before they added the cell phones, we wondered how would that even be possible the, the, of television? We That's thought, right. how would it be possible that everybody would be able to see? Yeah. Well, what, what, you know, what, what humors me about these fellows is they claim to be Christ's and so on. And, and so this is a legitimate, well, we, let's crucify you and put that to the test. Uh, <laughs> you can come, you can rise again in the third. Oh, oh, the they don't third. want to. No. No, he, he reported it to the police. <laughs> yes. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. the police. Please protect me, but you but you claim to be Christ. You don't right. need police. Yeah, just you got can, a. Uh, you can disappear in and, and amongst the crowds. Jesus did that. Yeah, just you got know. a uh, private message from uh, Rocky. He says, "Man, I'm listening. Uh, bless you guys there in a studio. Thank you, my brother. Good to uh, see you as well." Right, you've made mention of the temple, uh, yes. Edward. Now, if you go to Luke 21. Mm. Um, just in the, the reading plan that we as a family are following here on a radio pulpit at the moment, there is a timeline of, of things that will happen. And you've made a very profound statement. You said that the third temple, the Antichrist will have a hand in it. But mm. how do we know that the, 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 the happenings in Luke 21, the timeline, Mm. does not pertain to the to the third temple you say no no it's applicable to the second temple now in hindsight retrospect looking back we can say while the, the the nation surrounded jerusalem the temple not one stone was left on the other as jesus had said to the to the disciples how do we know it's not the same that's going to happen with the, the third temple <clears throat> the thing about prophecy uh, is that it uh, has a near fulfillment and a far fulfillment uh, Luke's context here directs his readers 
to, uh, I mean, for example, what I mean to say is that is Jesus talking to the um, disciples about right. what's going to happen immediately, but it's still going to be outside of their lifetime. They're not going to be able to see it. Luke's context has AD 70 in mind, but it also has the future later temple in mind. This is the thing with prophecy. Ma- Matthew, on the other hand, if you go to Matthew 24, that is a bit more further down the prophecy uh, timeline. Um, so, so Luke is trying to get them to understand that Jerusalem is going to be sur- surrounded by armies, which it was. And uh, uh, what he had said here regarding uh, pregnant and those who are nursing babies. But, but look at verse 32. Literally was fulfilled in AD 70. All right. So look at verse 32 of Luke 21. It says, For waar ek sê vir julle, hier die geslag sal sekerlik nie voorbij gaan, voordat alles gebeur het nie. What generation is he referring to there? It is referring to the generation that he was talking to, not the generation that he was talking about. All right. So he said, when he says this generation, he was referring to the generation that's going to be alive to experience that. Okay. See, so, uh, like I said, Matthew. Um, uh, uh, so, so, in, so, in other words, Jesus was preparing them for this very thing. The temple is coming down, guys. It's coming down. Yeah, it will come down. And we saw that. And the one that's going to be set up after that—that's coming down too. That's inferred in this passage, and he was very clear on that in Matthew twenty-four. Except the details there are a little bit different because that's going to involve uh, the temple. There is going to involve the abomination of desolation. He doesn't suggest any of that here. Although Titus had tried to do something to 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 um, because the Jews were troubling him so much, but this is very contained in Jerusalem as they knew it at the time. There are some geographical references here. Uh, for example, let those who are in Judea flee to the mountains. So it's he's trying to refer to them to the geography as they know it. You see, right. as they know yeah, it, yeah, yeah. that is why it, it refers to the immediacy of it. It's going to happen soon. In the tribulation, a lot of the geog- geography changes and continues to. It changes. So the Lord doesn't give too much geographical uh, information there. He does referring to yeah. generally. Yeah. But here he's talking to them where they can recognize the geography as you would when yeah. you picture Jerusalem. All right. Something else that's uh, very profound of that uh, piece in Luke 21 is that said that during daytime, Jesus was found to be in the temple, but the nights he spent on the Mount of Olives. Yes. Had, uh, my goodness, had no place to lay down his head. That was a prophecy in fulfillment as well. You know, jackals has got holes, birds has got nests. Yes. But well, it... It wasn't true that uh, Jesus had no home to go to. Jesus' home was not on this earth. This is what he wants um, people to understand. He went there for a different reason, to pray. It was not true that, you know, I've got no place to sleep tonight because nobody wants me in their houses. There would have been hundreds of people that would have taken him in. All the disciples would have taken him. Uh, They they would have taken him. But he was trying to get people to understand that this earth... his home does not pertain to the natural order of things like foxes and birds. All right. It's not in the natural realm. My food is not of this earth, he once said to his disciples as well. That was the point of it. It was not that he was not saying that nobody invited me to their home. More yeah. people loved Je- Jesus was a, he was a, he was in a, fact, it was followed by thousands. Yes, anybody would have invited Jesus yeah. to their home. Anybody. Yeah. Yeah. They just loved him, to, to have him. I mean, even you look at a, a, a Pilate or Herod, they wanted to have audience with Jesus for a long time. They just couldn't get it. Yeah. You know? Yeah. 
Yeah. And if Jesus said, hey, I'm going to spend the night such and such a place, nobody would have turned him down. Wow, blows the mind. Yeah. Okay, 13 minutes uh, to go. Well, 12 uh, to be true to the clock here. 12 minutes as jy vraag het uh, wat jy graag wil ons vir jou aanpak, dan baie welkom om het te stuur na 0-2-6-5-7-2-7-2-9. 0-2-6-5-7-2-7-2-9. Stuur jou uh, vraag is daar in en uh, ons kyk na die skrifte oor wat sê die woord van die Heere. Ons, uh, ek wil net gauw hier so seker maak, oor hierdie WhatsApp. Alright, and then I want to take you to the book of Luke, a question that we also got uh, with regards to the Archangel Michael. Uh, Luke, only one, uh, did I say Luke? The book of Jude. Only one chapter there, uh, and verse 9, the Archangel Michael when he had words with Satan himself about the body of Moses. Uh, my Bible sê daar so, en hy het geen oordeel van laster durf uitspreek, uh, maar het gesê, die Heere sal jou bestraf. Um, isn't people treading on thin ice? Because nowadays you hear, easily hear people say, Satan, we trample on you, we do this, we do that, <laughs> threatening yes. this being um, created by God. Um, and and here we find a perfect example in scriptures that we we must be careful of what we're saying. And and the archangel Michael setting that example. What is your experience of this? How do we answer that question? Well, yeah, this is just an example. I I think you know people aren't treading on thin ice on this one. They're already wading in deep water when it comes to these matters. Um, the ice has long broken. But you are right. You find people uh, um, doing exorcisms all over the place and. Yeah, shouting at demons and telling Satan all kinds of weird phrases, and uh, we sp- we speak about this at our church as well. But here's one of one of the most powerful angels. We have an example of this in the ninth verse of Jude. One of the most powerful angels telling him, "The Lord rebuke you." So he didn't take it upon himself to shoot his mouth off at the devil. Wow! But so many people seem to think that they can. Yeah. And that they can just do this. And even if you look at how Jesus spoke to Satan, quoting scripture, yeah. he wasn't shouting and screaming and ordering. And Debating him? Yes. Yeah. That's not what he was doing. And I think people take too much liberty in this matter when it comes to demons. Now, I, now we're not suggesting that when it comes to the matter of demons or possession or anything like that, that we all take a back seat. But here's what I do want to say, and I know this is a controversial thing to say, but it's fine. Everything we say here is controversial, I suppose. But there's no such ministry of demon exorcisms. Well, please, we need to understand that. No, no apostle was like, oh, uh, he's the uh, apostle of demon exorcisms or whatever. Right. There isn't such a ministry, but the apostles dealt with that as and when it showed up. Yes. Right? Paul and Bar- uh, Silas would be walking and the lady would young girl would be saying stuff, so they dealt with it and so on and so forth. And Jesus himself. And Jesus himself. Yeah. But they never say, well, my ministry is to cast out demons. There isn't such a ministry, you know. But you have to be prepared because that is a reality you more than likely would face wherever you go. You have to be prepared. And being prepared doesn't mean you go there with a boldness and confidence to shout and, and, and say all kind of things at, right. at, at devils. They're not eat stupid. You all know? right. You yeah. Know? And then you uh, can't understand why the wheel, wheels comes off afterwards. Yes. Mm. And invariably you find that these people that are doing these jobs, their lives get very topsy-turvy personally. All right. 
All right. All right. So uh, be careful what you say and how you say it. And uh, I think uh, use scriptures advice. The Lord will deal with you. Yes, the Lord uh, will deal with you. It is written. The Lord no, will deal with you. I'm not sure if I said that it's not that we give respect to demons. No, 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 yeah. no, no, no. Our respect and re- our reverence is to the Lord. Our respect to God is to God's words. And that is what we use here. You know, present Christ. And when we're dealing with a demon possession, if I may say this, I'm no expert in the matter. I don't believe there is one. Well, maybe we can say our Lord and Paul. But when we're dealing with a matter of demon possessions, try to uh, focus on the individual and their understanding of the gospel. Because once they confess their sin, once they understand that, the demon got no place in their life. Right. Okay, we've literally got four minutes left. Not sure if we can handle this one. Uh, Eileen Philander that said, uh, sent in this one. She says, did God make sin? And if he didn't create it, sin or made sin, where does it come from? And because I didn't ask to be there. Now, Eileen, the interesting thing is many years ago when I started working for the SABC down in Seapoint in Cape Town, I, I worked with a guy that says, why must I choose? Because the good guy and the bad guy decided to pick a fight with each other. And this is on the same basis. Now I'm in the middle. I have to make a choice. And based on that, I will go to heaven or I will go to hell. Yes, she's asking, where does sin come from? And and, and why do I have to make a choice? I'm simply in the middle. She says, I've been struggling with this for years. Can we handle it in a short space of time? Is it possible? Yes, we can. Uh, briefly, sin didn't come. God didn't. Well, let me just get to the question. Sin did not, God did not make sin. No evil comes from God, right? He did not make sin, but quite evidently, he has allowed it. And obviously, God uh, is indicted with what he has allowed, it seems, with many people. Like, why does God allow suffering? Why does God allow death? And so forth. Yes, but he didn't make suffering and death. That has resulted because of sin and the judgment upon mankind. Sin has come about in the heart and in the will of the angel whom the Bible calls, whom we now know as Satan. Lucifer. Was, yes. Lucifer is a Latin expression of, of his position, All called right. the son of the morning. All uh, right. Such was his beauty. So technically isn't a name, but we, we say Lucifer. But that's fine. Uh, it is him. It originated there. And But then uh, Paul, in, in, in um, outlining the gospel in Romans 5.12, says, through one man... Not through Satan, through one man, sin entered the world. So the agency may have been Satan, but the avenue is mankind. So, yes. Is that because of the ability to freely choose? That's right. We always had it. But That's we had real it. love, uh, if I allow you to freely choose. Yes, but we had the proclivity not to sin All right. in our state of innocence, Adam and Eve, yes. But once they chose to listen to the tempter, that became the uh, inability not to sin All rather right. than the... Uh, ability not to sin, it changed from the ability not to sin to the inability not to sin because yeah. we entertained his deception. All right, even Adam and Eve did. So uh, back to the original question: God has not made it, but He has allowed it. And remember, uh, where um, uh, um, how does Paul put it? Where sin abounds, grace abounds even more even greater yeah. even more yeah. Paul's argument is not that you may go and sin just to experience more grace Paul's argument is you think sin is so great you're right but grace is even greater so what do we say to her she said I didn't ask to be there now I have to f- I'm forced into a choice yes and isn't that a good thing why is it a bad thing that you, are, you, you have to make a choice 
God has given you all the the, 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 the details uh, for the deliberation. This is evil. That is bad. This is this. Here's, uh, this is not rocket science. Mm. We, we, we choose the good. We, 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 we gravitate to the good. By and large, that's human tendency too, uh, in some circles. But but w- the point here is that we 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 look at what what God is doing for us. We understand what He's saying to us. You know, we we see His grace in the gospel. That's what we gravitate to. That's what we we choose to listen to. You know, um, let the devil speak. He must say what he wants to speak. We have God's word, so it's not a bad thing to to choose. It's it's a beautiful thing to choose. Yeah. Look at it from God's perspective. Look at it from uh, the yeah. Word. And but uh, this, if I may say, uh, 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 sorry to interrupt. If I may yeah. say, the, the the fact that we do choose uh, God over the devil, so to speak, is because we get an enablement from God to choose with our free will. You see, because if God leaves us alone to our free will, we will only choose evil. That's all He ever does choose. Yeah, but He. He, he, he intervenes, he enables us to choose him, to choose what he says. Well, uh, Eileen, I hope it uh, makes sense. Uh, time uh, does not permit. We, I would have loved for us uh, to talk further on the issue, but we've uh, got to love and leave you. It's uh, good to listen to Pastor Kanya. Uh, you're truly venerable so. Thank you so much for joining us. Can you believe it? One hour gone into all eternity. Uh, never to be repeated again. <laughs> there is an onus and a responsibility now, Acts 1711, with you. Yeah, you listening to this program to go and search the scriptures to see if these things are so. Pastor Kanye, if somebody wants to send you an email, where do they get all of you? My full name, E-D-W-A-R-D-K-A-N-N-I-A-H-1 at gmail.com. Edward Kanya one at gmail.com. Till next time, keep well. God bless you. Shalom.